0: Let's pray, let's trust God, let's ask Him to speak to us, come on. Jesus, we are trusting that you'd speak to us as we look at your word, that you would speak directly to us. Thank you that you love us as individuals, as married couples, and that you want to do a miracle in our life. I lift up everyone who has need here. and. Uh, the, uh, the service that I connect to us right now, uh, I lift them up to you and I, I pray even as they bring their request to you right now that you would hear that cry and you'd bring that victory if it's healing or direction. I pray you give it to them in Jesus' name. Everyone believed and said, amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. So good to have you in the house. We are, of course, here at view. We are at Mouthboards and Camps Bay. Can we give a big shout out to Camps Bay from Table View? Um Camps Bay, of course, is our newest location, and we are super excited for what's happening there. Every week we've had new people from the area at church, and Matt and the team are on the ground there. Uh, Maltbus is also going really well. We've just seen a huge momentum, not only on Sundays, but also in our kids program our our view rep program which is grade four to six and our view city program from grade seven to twelve and of course we've seen that overflow over years so any young families um, i encourage you to get your children to church your grade four to sevens to church that's been so dynamic view rep and then of course view city is pumping, and, and then for our seniors, we've got a Christmas, uh, a senior's Christmas lunch. So if you haven't signed up for that, um, as you walk out the doors, you'll see our next steps area and you can sign up for that. And then uh, just a few announcements for everyone in the life of the church. On Wednesday night at 7 p.m., we've got a Kingdom Builders um, get-together uh, where we're actually going to let people um, hear about what our next step is as Kingdom Builders and what we're preparing for when it comes to Heart for the House, which is at the end of the month. So if you are a business person or if you feel called to be a kingdom builder, and what that is is we we set the vision, but kingdom builders increase the speed at which we can reach the vision by uh, giving over and above their ties. So if you feel called to that, uh, why don't you come um, and even have a listen. It's on Wednesday night. It's going to be at our Malkbus location. And you can book for that. You can actually, go, as you go out the doors, you can book for that or speak to any of our leaders that can send you the link for our Kingdom Builders and you can actually just sign up. And for some of you guys, it might just be a moment where you actually just go and listen and go here. Okay, well, this is something I can pray about. And then, of course, Heart for the House, which is the last um, Sunday of this month, the 28th of December. So we're excited. Who's excited for Christmas? Anyone pumped for Christmas? Who digs Christmas over here? Who's got their Christmas decorations up? Just be honest, put it up. Hands up. Awesome. Come on, I'm massive on Christmas decorations. Who didn't take their Christmas decorations down the whole year? Put your hand up. The reason I asked it because I actually heard about that. I think, so, Darren, I actually heard they stayed up. So I'll just see if you guys are honest and in the house. So well done. I love the honesty. Uh, but um, but come on, if there was a year to keep your decorations up, I reckon this this last year would have been that year. Uh, just to change it up, uh, we got our Christmas production, our Christmas experience, on the 5th of December at Malkbos, 12th of December over here, and on the 19th at Camps Bay. So please book your seats. Those are days that get... filled up quickly and remember the only reason your friends and family might not come to the Christmas experience is because you don't invite them that's pretty much the main reason people are very open to coming to church so we've been speaking about the rhythm of grace and we've been looking at what kind of rhythm we need to get into to really experience what God has for us Matthew 11 verse 28 says this and in the message Bible it says are you tired worn out and lightly. Anyone, anyone like to live freely and lightly? Anyone, come on. And, and even though you're walking with God and you're working, it's not that you're getting lazy, you're being productive, you're being a steward, but you can still live freely and lightly. And we've been looking at that the last two weeks. I would have spoken in the first week. Uh, Leanne spoke last week, and then tonight Chris Berry will be preaching. Uh, I think it's going to be a different message to what I'm preaching tonight, so you can double-dip. Uh, But but I want to look at some things that are actually making us not live freely and lightly. And I think all across the world, people have struggled with a heaviness that's come on them. And I reckon one of the main feelings of heaviness has been anger. Anyone agree? Come on, the world has gone to another level of anger with restrictions, with lockdowns, with what leadership are doing around the world. Anyone agree? Or am I the only one who thinks... All around the world, people are struggling with anger. Of course, what happens when you let anger come into your life, you stop experiencing abundant life. Okay, and and you can have a really good anger, a righteous anger, but any anger that stays in your life will end up hurting your life. See, you can have a righteous anger, but then God even shows you what to do with it. Or you can have a negative anger, and if you leave it there, it will fester, and something bad will come of it. Now, I, have a, I was at a friend's house yesterday. I stopped in there, and he showed me how to remove some cupboards. And I said, what happened? He said, well, over winter, water had collected in the corner of their yard, and they didn't realize it seeped into the walls, and they didn't check this part of the house. And when he got to the drawers and the cupboards, they couldn't open. They were so tightly shut because of um, the water that had gone in the walls and now, of course, in the cupboards, they pretty much had to pull it open. Uh, these cupboards were installed about eight months ago and already they were at that place. And so he was pretty bummed about it. And once they had opened the cupboards, there was black mold on the wall. Of course, some of you guys might know more about black mold than I do, but we all know that it's, that's pretty negative. You don't want to be living in a house with black mold, and you don't want that in your cupboards, and you don't want that on your walls. So they had to sort it out, so you had to remove the cupboards, and and they started to get rid of the black mold. But with anger, the same thing happens with you. An area where you used to be open and free and light, you're now closed off. You're all jammed up. You were designed to have relationship, but now you've got no relationship. You were designed to live this open life, and scripture actually says the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And there's this grace in your life, but you stop living it. You've got jammed up, and some mold is growing on the inside of you. I want to let you know, even if you've had good anger, a righteous anger, if you leave it in your life, it will become like black mold. And the reason I'm focusing on a righteous anger is because sometimes we can say, my anger is justified. And and we could sit down and uh, we could totally agree, but unchecked anger is dangerous, good or bad. Proverbs 29 verse 22 says, An angry person stirs up conflict, a hot-tempered person commits many sins. So, so even as we live this rhythm of grace and and i'll ask you we encourage you to slow down we encourage you to live in the moment what i've also realized is even if you go on holiday and you leave your anger unchecked you will not experience the grace of god you won't experience the rhythms of grace and that's why i check some people say i just need a holiday No, you just need to forgive someone <laughs> i i just need more time to myself now you just need to become less angry you're leaving anger unchecked, and you might go on holiday with that anger, but what grows inside of you is bitterness and some black mold. And then you start getting angry with the world's rhythm, and with your boss's rhythm, meanwhile you just got something in the inside of you that stops you from accessing the grace of God. So this scripture says, ill-tempered people commit many sins. We and I know in the Bible it says the wages of sin is death that's a wage too big to pay and that's a burden that's too big to carry I don't know who you're angry with somebody who's put a lockdown on you restrictions the government you leaving that unchecked in your life is dangerous and and this anger towards the president actually starts hurting your marriage hurting your children See, the thing is, hurt people and angry people hurt other people and get angry to other people because they don't know how else to direct it. They have to get it out. Ephesians 4, 31, 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just, um, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. It's one of the ways to actually overcome anger is to remind yourself that you've been forgiven and you can pass on forgiveness. Um, As forgiveness has come to you, you can let it flow through you, you can carry on living in the grace that God has for you. You can forgive. You've got the ability to forgive. It's not your ability, it's God's working through you. It says we love because Christ loved us first. I encourage you not to try to do this by yourself. You do need God's help. So so you and I can deal with anger by pretending it's not there, but it's going to implode at some point. Like my friend who opened the cupboard, he could have said there's nothing wrong with these cupboards. But when he opened them, he realized there is something wrong. Even though you can't see it and you can try to hide it, if you don't deal with it, it will grow. Your anger will grow. And it will start to overflow in ways that you don't want it to overflow. I want to encourage you to not respond to anger in a way that doesn't honor God's word. I want to encourage you, like Ephesians four thirty one says, "Be angry." So God's saying you're going to experience anger, but do not sin. Of course, it says it like this: "In the um, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give uh, a place to the devil." So what God's saying is, "Be angry, yes, there might be righteous anger, but." but then you need to check it out you need to say I'm angry and then you need to deal with it and you need to acknowledge that you're angry and and actually deal with it because if you don't and the sun goes down and you never live another day in that wrath then you're giving a place to the enemy you're giving some space for the devil to work in your life and I can guarantee you the devil doesn't have a rhythm of grace for your life he doesn't so even though you can go on holiday, he's going to go with you. <laughs> but of course it says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away, and all malice. So, so of course God's even saying, check those things. So that Even that evil speaking, you, you need to check those things. You, you can't think that you can just say stuff and it's, it's not going to produce something because we know we eat the fruit of our lips. That's what scripture says. So even though you're saying it against them, you're eating from what you're saying. So we have to be very aware of this. You know, even as we stay angry, we end up destroying intimacy. Come on, anyone stayed angry with your spouse and now you're not intimate anymore? Well, listen, our anger cuts off our intimacy with God. Because you and I were designed to worship. And the place you and I are are most transformed is in a place of worship. And anger will cut you off from entering into worship. Because God says you can't say you love me and you hate your brother. So anger is dangerous. Even if it's righteous, unchecked, it leads to bitterness like a black mold. And it actually ends up letting the devil have a foothold in your life, and it cuts off intimacy. You and I were born for relationships. Anger will also isolate you, anger will cause you to walk away from healthy friendships. Of course, like I said, it leaves an open door to the enemy. He can return and harass you. How do we shut it? We forgive. We check it out. We call it what it is. Of course, the enemy's goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. So as soon as we stay angry, he goes, if they can just stay angry a few more days. Because that's actually a righteous anger. they can just stay angry a few more days, I've got this. I can get in there. And then my job description is to kill, steal, and destroy but God's job description is to give life and life to the fullest rhythm of grace you need to be so for the life that God's got for you that you're willing to lay aside your anger and to keep passing on the forgiveness that God has given to you you need to be so for the intimacy you want to see with God and in your marriage and your relationships that you're willing to let go of anger To keep living in the grace that God has for you in your marriage, in relationships. You need to be so for that. That's why Scripture says we should be quick to forgive. You know what I mean? We should also be slow to speak. We need to think about it. What am I about to say? Is this coming from an unhealthy place? Of course, prolonged seasons of anger leads to bitterness. It leads to a deep wound. It leads to heaviness and even depression I'm telling you I'm actually speaking totally opposite to the rhythm of grace right now the plan the enemy has for you because every step you go deeper down this rabbit hole you'll forget where it all started you will live in a mist you will swim up to the top breathe in some air and sink back down into that sadness Hope will not feel like it's anywhere to be found. You'll even start to believe the thoughts the enemy has towards you. And of course they're all lies. Because he's the father of lies. But you'll believe they're your thoughts. You'll actually think that's what I think of myself. But it's actually, he's just got you in this, tra- this trap. And, and you and I need to remember that God loves us. Zephaniah three verse seventeen for the Lord your God is living among you. He's a mighty savior. He'll delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He'll rejoice over you with joyful songs. Once you let the love of God back into your life, you'll start to break that anger, that wound. That heaviness, that state of sadness, you, you'll be able to start to break it off. The enemy will lose his stronghold and his foothold, and you'll start to see God for who he is, and you for who you are. You're his child. You're wonderfully and skillfully made. God has got plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a, a hope and a future. God can work all things, even the worst of seasons, to the, the good of those who love Him, who are call, called according to His purpose. So even as your anger has grown, maybe it's because you've walked away from the love of God. Because it says we love, because Christ loved us first, and, and, and so maybe you've, You've stopped waking up and living in the love that God has for you, and all of a sudden you become this angry person. (laughs) Preach it. Another thing that's going to bring a heaviness on you in the season, I think, and, and keep you out of living in the rhythm of grace, is fear. Fear of the future. If we couldn't predict this COVID season, what can we predict? What's going to happen in the economy? Will I still have a job? Will my kids be safe in this country? Are they going to the right school? Will I even have money tomorrow? Fear is in our lives. The Webster Dictionary defines fear as dread, terror, horror, fright, trepidation, apprehension, and worry. If you struggle with fear, you're potentially struggling with worry. You're worrying a lot. Yes, some fears are legitimate. Like we know you can't just walk in front of a truck. It's a good fear. For Man United supporters playing against Liverpool, that's a healthy fear. Because, you know, you just... so there's good fears Proverbs 14 verse 26 says those who fear the Lord are secure that's a very healthy fear that, that's the best fear those who fear the Lord are secure he will be a place of refuge for their children well that's legacy because you're saying what's going to happen to my kids those who fear the Lord they're secure and they will play, be a place of refuge for their children Fear the Lord, fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. The the life-giving fountain, the place of security, refuge for your children is found in the fear of the Lord, not in a specific place in the planet. See, to to fear God is to fear being outside of His will. To fear living a life that displeases Him. And to quickly make right, coming to Him, running to Him, because He loves you. That's the best fear. But, But when you fear everything else, you'll try to control it. And the spirit of control will come into your life. And that's a heavy spirit again. That's not a, there's no rhythm of grace there because that's a me, myself, and I spirit. If I don't, it won't. I can't really trust God, Andre. Look how things are working out there. I can't trust the economy. You can't, but you can trust God. Of course, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That's the spirit. If you're experiencing fear and the spirit of fear you need to understand that's not of God and you can submit to God and resist the devil and he has to flee you can actually call it what it is and shut the door on that fear because that fear paralyzes people the fear that the enemy is trying to give you steals your joy and is going to steal your peace and that's not what God's trying to bring into your life John 14 verse 27 I'm leaving you a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. Because the peace the world gives us is temporary. Economy is going, well, no more luck. Like, you know, it's little moments. But he says, the peace I give you is totally different. It's a peace of mind and heart. Isaiah 8 verse 12 to 14 says, Do not be afraid that some plan, plan conceived behind closed doors will be the end of you. I need you to hear this. Don't be be afraid that, that some plan conceived up behind closed doors will be the end of you. Do not fear anything except the Lord Almighty. He alone is the Holy One. If you fear Him, you need fear nothing else. He will keep you safe. You think, if you have a healthy fear of God, then you can really serve man. But if you fear man, you cannot really serve God. You can't. And and that's why it's so releasing. It's such a blessing to have a fear of God. Fear of being outside of His will because He's your loving. He wants the best for you. I want to be close to Him. I'm not going to let things get in the way. I'm going to stay in a place of surrender, submission, and honor. I want to put Him first. But when you don't do this, the fear you have can manifest and you can start to control things. You fear of losing your position, influence, or your title, your job. You, You fear losing resource and material belongings. You fear losing reputation and you fear losing relationships. And what you're going to try to do is manipulate. And manipulation is witchcraft. That's what the Bible says. And that's why you don't want to get into witchcraft. Because whatever you sow, you reap. So you don't want to try to make your way through this life by manipulating and controlling. But a life that honors God, that fears God, that loves Him and puts Him first, that's a free life. Because you know there's no plan behind closed doors that can come against the plan that God's already decided in heaven for you, for your life. Your life's in His hands. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 to 14 says, That's the whole story. A year, year now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. This is why you and I can live an excellent life. People who live an excellent life know that God's always watching. Perfectionists live a life to please man. And as soon as man's not watching they drop the ball but an excellent life is not competing with anyone else it's doing the best you can with what god's given you because god is always watching and god this life's for you it's for an audience of one and i'm not doing it to please people but you know what because i'm doing it to honor you it will really bless people this life will bless people proverbs 9 verse 10 the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy one is understanding. So the beginning of a wise life is to fear God. It says wisdom builds the house. It's a life that builds. There's a momentum. It's a kingdom life. You know, I always say to our team, and I've said it to the church: you don't have to go to a, through a midlife crisis when you're serving God, because every year has been banked in heaven. You start a new year it's not an opportunity to put it in heaven, to up treasure in heaven. Every year gives you opportunity to have, uh, to learn. But I get it when you go, does my life really count? Well, you have to ask yourself, have you made it count? Have you lived to honor God? Have you feared Him? Have you put Him first? Have you been living a wise life that, that honors Him? See, whatever you fear, you give authority to. Whatever you fear, you give authority to. I want to ask you, what's got the greatest authority in your life right now? The economy? Your job, popularity, people around you, or is it God? See, because your job can't tell the demons to leave. <laughs> your friends won't be able to do that either. But God can. So as he submit to God, resists the devil, he has to flee. Who's got the most authority in your life? what you fear has got the greatest authority in your life but is it a powerful authority? Galatians 1 verse 10, am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? or am I trying to please people? if I was still trying to please people I would not be a servant of Christ the wisdom of man tells you to be more concerned with how things appear on the outside. The wisdom of God tells us to be more concerned with how we appear on the inside. God wants to call you to a life of freedom, a rhythm of grace. And the rhythm of grace is found when you have peace on the inside. You are not living in anger. You're not living in fear. You're forgiving people. You're loving people. It's the freest place. It's more freeing than a holiday. It's more freeing than money. It's it's the most freeing thing you'll ever experience. Loving God and loving people forgiving. Forgiveness received from God and forgiving others. It's the most freeing place. That's the rhythm of grace. You can't can't go to Mauritius angry and think that your life's going to change. You can't go to Mauritius in fear and thinking that's going to sort it out. Only Jesus can sort out your fear. And he can sort out forgiveness. That's why we broke bread and we remembered what he'd done. Many people in the Bible walked away from God. Saul was afraid of people. It says in 1 Samuel 50 verse 24, Then Saul admitted to Samuel, Yes, I have sinned, I have disobeyed your instructions, and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people. What fear of man is keeping out of obeying God? King Zedekiah was afraid of the Jews. Of course, Jeremiah said to Zedekiah in, in Jeremiah 38 verse 17, this is what the Lord your God Almighty, the God of Israel says, if you surrender to the officers of the kingdom of Babylon, your life will be spared and this city will not be burnt down and you and your family will live. But if you're not surrendered to the officers of the king of Babylon, this city will be given into the hands of the Babylonians and they will burn it down. You yourself will not escape from them. King Zedekiah said Jeremiah, I'm afraid of the Jews. Yeah, but that's your problem. You're afraid of people again. Be afraid of God. He's already given you a command. He says, I'm afraid of the Jews who have gone over to Babylon, for the Babylonians may hand me over to them and they'll mistreat me. Do you always think that your destiny is wrapped up in some person's hands? Or do you believe that your destiny is in God's hands? Is God your king? Is he the one who determines your destiny? is your life in God's hands? I want to ask you is your finances in God's hands or just the economy's hands? is your time in God's hands? because if in God's hands it's all good but if it's not I understand why you're experiencing fear Herod regretted Matthew 6 verse 26 and, and, and he of course it says the king deeply regretted what he had said but because of the vows he had made in front of his guests he couldn't refuse of course Herod wants to protect John the Baptist and he made this thing said to this girl who danced for them whatever you want we'll give you and she said I want John the Baptist's head because he pleased people he lived in regret how many of you are living in regret because of the fear of man pleasing people Pilate feared offending the Jews. It says in John 19, verse 16, finally Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. He's speaking about Jesus being handed over to them. He feared them, he feared what they'd say. And is this not slavery if, if there is ever slavery? The fear of man? <laughs> I'm not a slave. Well, are you fearing man? You probably are. And I want to remind you, when you fear God, you can serve man. You will be a blessing to man. I'm not saying, oh, well, no one's serving. Yeah. But if you fear man, you can't serve God. You can't say you're serving Christ. And, and so I want to ask you, what's gripping you? The only way to overcome the fear of man is to develop a healthy fear of God. So we, we can say, well, what's the opposite to fear? We can say it's faith. Hey, Well, actually it's not. John 14 verse 18. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all Once you open your life up to the love of God, you'll start to learn to trust Him. Anger will knock on your door. You'll be able to deal with it. Fear will come. And then in that space, you remind yourself how much God loves you. How much you can trust Him with your life. You can trust Him with your eternity. You can keep living in this rhythm of grace. You can forgive people. You can serve people because you don't fear people. You can be the light of the world, carry Jesus' light into the world. Because you remind yourself, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible, tells me so. Jesus loves me. Every time you feel a bit overwhelmed, just stop and go, Thank you, Jesus, for your love. There's nothing I can do, Scripture says, to make you love me more or less. You love me fully. I do not deserve this, but I do need it. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. Do you want to close your eyes, tail view, camp space? Just, just say that to yourself. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. I'm the apple of your eye. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. I'm the apple of your eye. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. I'm the apple of your eye. scripture says where two or more gathered there he is in our midst scripture also says where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom fear is going to have to fall off in that moment there's this gap where you can decide to let the love of God start to be rooted in your heart and the fear of man start to fall off your life there's this gap where you can let the love and forgiveness of God flow through your life and anger to fall off your life. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Maybe you're in this room and, and in Camps Bay as well and, and you're not in a relation with God right now. Maybe you've drifted. You have to open up your life again to God's love and just like as you open up your life and and look at him it would be like the story of the prodigal son prodigal son came home and wondered and he had a plan on how he would come back but he never knew that every day the father was looking out for him I want to let you know that it's not a day that goes by that God is not ready to welcome you with open arms and to tell you how much he loves you it's not a day every day is a day and that's why it says today's a day of salvation tomorrow when you wake up it's going to be another day of salvation for somebody maybe today's your day you need to come back to God you need to receive his love you need to say thank you for dying on the cross for me I can't pay for my sin but you paid for it on the cross I want to receive the free forgiveness that you secured on the cross and I want to receive your love and and I want to follow you. I want to live for you. With every eye closed at view, Camps Bay. I'm just going to count to three. And, and, and at Camps Bay as well, table Tableview, just pop your hand up. It says, as we acknowledge Christ before others, our Father, Christ will acknowledge us before our Father in heaven. And in this moment, I'm going to see your hand. And, and, and Matt then will see your hand. But, but just on three, just pop your hand. If you need to come back to Jesus you need to receive His love, receive His forgiveness, one God loves you so much. Two, today's the day of salvation. You don't have to wait one more day. He's waiting for you, ready to forgive you, ready to give you His love, show you His love. Three, pop your hand up if that's you. Awesome, awesome. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Awesome, awesome. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, even as we sit in this moment, you know the grace of God? Imagine it like water flowing down a mountain. It will keep flowing until it reaches its lowest point. I don't know if you, at the lowest point in your life, the grace of God is chasing after you. The love of God is chasing after you right now. He's saying, I love you. i paid the price of your sins. I want to wrap you in my arms. I want to help you to forgive. I want to help you to come out of fear. I want to help you to come out of anger. Come on, anyone else? Just, I need to come back to God. If that's just pop, anyone else? If that's, you know, God speaking to you, just pop your hand up, tail View, you, camp's bay. Pop your hand up. Let's pray together as church family. Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Because of this confession, this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed. I'll never be the same. Today, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done for me. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus praise. Thanks, this place. For everyone in the space people made a decision we'd love to connect with you of course my best advice is to keep coming back be planted be rooted uh, for anyone needs to take a next step view group or growth track or baptisms that's happening next week as you go out the doors there's a sign up area if you need prayer you can also fill in your prayer request over there we've got a team that will cover you in prayer have an awesome Sunday cheers